Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Quintina Briscoe is a speech-language pathologist in the greater D.C. area who started a private practice during the pandemic that has grown rapidly. She went from being a solo private practitioner, just seeing clients on the side of her school job, to employing many therapists and having a brick-and-mortar clinic as well as serving clients via teletherapy. If you're an SLP who dreams of a bigger and better life and are called to serve through private practice, Quintina's story is just what you need to hear, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Like you got into this profession to serve people and enjoyed helping, but aren't able to do your best work due to limitations from your employer or because of the system that you're working within? So many SLPs choose jobs in schools, hospitals, and early interventions and start off really happy. Happy to serve their client populations, happy to collaborate with coworkers, happy to step in and help out as needed. Over time, though, things can get challenging. You may still love your job and the people that you work with, but can also feel kind of stuck in it. Little choice over the size of your caseload or who you work with, little say in how much and when you work, little room for upward growth, little pay increases, little or no time for lunch. If you find yourself in that situation, you have some choices. You can either stay where you are and deal with it and hope it gets better, or you can create a new job for yourself where you can have more. More flexibility over your schedule, what hours you work, and when you take vacations. More freedom and control over your caseload and what kinds of services you provide. More opportunities to earn more. In fact, in private practice, you are financially rewarded for working harder. If you want to earn more, you take on some more clients. 
Could you imagine if you got paid more to appropriately compensate you for the size of your caseload? Pretty different than the schools, right? Today's guest, Quintina Briscoe, talks about how she felt called to do more as an SLP and do more than she could working in the school system. In the beginning of the interview, she tells a story about how and when she knew that it was time for her to leave the schools, and her answer may surprise you. Let's dive into the interview. Before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. My name is Quintina Briscoe. I am located in Waldorf, Maryland, outside of the District of Columbia. So we're considered the DMV, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And my private practice name is the Pediatric Speech Lab. I am so excited to have you on. We've gotten to know each other over, you know, the last couple of years or whatever, mostly on Instagram. And then I was a guest for the SLP Social, which I'm going to hope that we're going to talk about at some point tonight. But, you know, I've been watching you and your private practice grow. And so before we hear about what your private practice is like now, can you take our listeners back to the beginning when you were a, a you know, early speech therapist? And what was your beginning part of your career like before you went into private practice? Oh, my. So before I started private practice, I was working at an elementary school. Like most of us SLPs, we start off in some type of educational setting. So I started in an elementary school being a speech and language pathologist to um, children in the, they started off pre-K through the third grade. So um, we did a lot, a lot of elementary fun school things. Um, And so that was the beginning of my private practice. Um, I quickly Actually, I would say quickly, but not really. After about four or five five years, I decided that there had to be something else that was calling my name. So many times as speech pathologists, we get into um, our jobs and we stay there forever um, and not really making the change, you know? So I started at an elementary school and decided I needed something else, something greater to do. I love that. And I I totally agree with you that sometimes, you know, we go to grad school and we learn about schools and hospitals and early intervention, and then we learn about private practice. But then a lot of people kind of think about doing that way later in their career, or they think about working for someone else's private practice, right? right? But it sounds like, you know, even after a few years of being in the school, you started getting a little bit like, there's gotta be something more to this. So tell us more about what that kind of you know, what was going on at the school or what was kind of going on at your, in your head that led you to really start thinking about private practice? Yeah, I always tell my socialites, um, and that's uh, from the SLP social, I always tell them, you know, you are destined to do something, you know, and from the start, I've always been this nurturer. I've always been this executive type person in all the positions that I've held. I always tell them, look at the positions that you've held in life. Have you always been the person that wants to take control? Have you ever been an office manager? Have you ever been in management? Just knowing that you, you do have the capability of running something and being a CEO, those were the type of things that I realized. I'm a nurturer and I'm a good, I have good executive functioning. And so um, I decided that during the time I was at the elementary school, I actually was at one job since I graduated with my um, C's. 
I started there as an intern. Then I eventually I did my CF there. And then eventually I transitioned right into my speech and language pathologist um, journey. And so I love the thing about it, Jenna, is that I loved my job. I loved my the people that I worked with. I love they were like family. I loved my job. And it's a better story in a second. I want to tell you they loved me. Um, and so I ended up saying not necessarily that I didn't like it there. So that kind of pushed me to entrepreneurship, but it was truly and it was innate. It was something that I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted to see more in the field. I also felt like if I can do this, let me take on the challenge of opening up a clinic. Um, so that was one thing that I, you know, I really wanted to do. I wanted some more challenges. Everything has started to get so routine. You started, you get your caseload at the beginning of the year. You start screening. You go to IEP meetings, the triennial set, um, meetings. You go up to uh, progress report meetings and all of these great things. It just became very routine. So I started, I said, let me take one patient and see if I can really do this. Um, and then I decided I'm going to jump into it. And so that is really honestly where it started. I tell the story and I pro you probably heard the story before of where I felt like I was in. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the meme. It was on social media. It was right back when I started to make the transition. It was this girl sitting in a cubicle, but she was like five times the cuticle, like five times the cuticle. And I'm thinking, that's me. I'm so much bigger than I felt that big in that little space. And this is just, the space wasn't little. I had an office. I had a big bay window. I mean, uh, the space wasn't little, but my creativity, my executive functioning, my wanting to do more. I just felt like this little, this big person in this little space. And I knew that it was time for me to transition. I always tell people, God made me so uncomfortable at that moment. And then I was able to transition. So that's um, basically what happened. I decided I wanted more. Like I said, I wasn't really pressing to leave because I loved it there. Mm -hmm. um, and don't you know how you get into a job and you just fall prey to the every day. I didn't want to do that. So I decided it was just time to go at that point. So I just really felt bigger than the position um, at hand at the moment. Well, that's such a great way to describe it. And so I, I'll I look at that meme and we'll put it, you know, on yeah. the website. But I also, that makes me think of, um, you know, not to compare you to, to like, you know, whatever, you know how they say about animals, like they, about the size of the cage. Yeah. Right? And then if you have like a, like, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, I wanted an iguana. I don't know why, because I don't like lizards. I don't like that kind of stuff. But I got it in my head around seventh grade. I wanted an iguana. And then someone said something about, well, if you get a small cage, it'll stay small. But if you get a big cage, it'll, it'll get bigger. I don't even know why I'm telling the story. But nonetheless, like, you know, you want you want to be in a space that you can grow in. Yeah. Right. Because you were outgrowing your space. Yes, that's exactly what it was. I was outgrowing my space and I felt to a point, like you said, I felt like I was in a cage. I was getting up every day, going to the same place, you know, and some people are, you know, for entrepreneurship, you have the freedom. Everybody wants to go into it for the freedom, but you also have to be a good um, manager of your time as well. But 
it was like I kept getting up going. And every time I felt unhappy about going, I never really was unhappy with the location or the people. Like I said, I can't say it enough. I loved my job, but I could not become this person that has been there for 35 years. And I look up and my life is gone, you know? Oh my gosh. Ooh, that hit me right in the heart. It's so true though. So what were those early days of your private practice like, right? You decided you would outgrow in the school and you were going to start this private practice. What did that time look like for you? Sure. So the early days of my private practice, it looked very confusing. Okay. You know, anything you go into that's new, it's like, like, uh uh-oh, what did I do? Wait a minute. Um, And then my job held a security for me. So it's just kind of like, well, I can mess up. I mean, who cares? Until I started to get more and more patient, more and more. A lot of things that I have experienced have been simply because I was not taught, simply because there are not enough Jenna Castro Casbons, because Nobody is there to really teach you. When I opened up my business, if I knew that you had this platform, I would have joined it, you know? And so it looked very, you couldn't tell from the outside looking in that it was kind of messy, but it was still trying to find my knit. It was trying to find which way, which path am I going? Am I going? Because you know, you have to identify, are you going with adults? Are you going to do contracts? Are you going to contract yourself to daycares? Making a um, decision about how I'm going to do this was really the hurdle that I had to hop over. And so um, the first few months of my private practice looked like learning. That's what it looked like. Mm -hmm. It looked like learning in the process. It looked like, oh, I need a patient information form. Oh, okay. Oh, I need a social media form. Oh, I need an EMR. What's that? You know, so it was like, it looked like learning. Honestly, it looked like a lot of learning. Well, and I love that. And thank you for saying that because there's a learning curve, right? There's, there is a, like a runway that you got to figure out, you know, what do you need to do to get in place before, you know, things really start to take off. And and sometimes during that period is when people get a little nervous and they feel overwhelmed. And, you know, some people push through, you know, some people give up, Mm -hmm. but you, you pushed through. So congratulations. And then, and then really what happened next, right? You got through that learning period. And then when did you start to gain some traction with your practice? So the thing is, I got through the learning period and I was still learning while I had a full-time job. So while I started to learn while I had a full-time job, it started to pick up. And so next thing you know, I was getting, I started off with one person. Then I started to get credential with the insurance companies. And then it started off with three new people a week and four new people a week and five new people a week. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this really has turned into something. This has really turned into something. After that, I got more companies, more insurance companies to get credentialed. Then I started to think, I cannot service all of these people by myself. And so once I decided that I couldn't service all these people by myself, I said, well, let me hire some more SLPs. And I just talked about this earlier today on my Instagram live about how outsourcing is so important for the growth of your company, for your company to sustain so you don't get burnt out. 
us clinicians and so many of my mentees, they want to try to do everything. And so I had decided at that point that I needed to outsource. And so um, I hired a, like a clinician or two still while I was at my full-time job. Um, and then right after, maybe soon after COVID had hit. And uh, well, I will, let's rewind a little bit back a little bit. I started to pick up on clientele. And I also tell my mentees to make sure that you do an analysis of the area to see, you know, if your services are really needed. And here in the DMV area, the services are really, really needed. And so I felt that there was no way that I could really fail because it was like there was a six month waiting list for speech at Children's Hospital. And so now that there's a six month waiting list, I'm just like, well, I need to help these people. And that's where my nurturer came in. I really wanted to start helping these people because it's like, I need to be the savior. I need to figure out how to see these people that are on the wait list. And so that's really what it looked like afterwards, me getting more and more clients per week. and then. Also, I'm hiring on another speech pathologist, trying to find good billers. The EMR system came soon after. So um, that's really what it looked like, just growing the company after I learned the in and out of everything. Well, and I love that. It sounds like you grew pretty quickly, right? And I did. Because there was a need in your area, right? And I think that the right. thing that you said about the wait list is such a big deal, right? Because I think it's awful when people are stuck on wait lists, right? And in virtually every community, whether you're in a big city or if you're in a rural area, there's a hospital or a clinic or someplace that seems to have this giant six or month or more wait list okay. that people are stuck on. I think that's awful. That's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping SLPs start private practices is like, first of all, to help the SLP get yeah. that you know, freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment in their life but also to get people off the wait list. Mm -hmm. Get people off the wait list, get these babies seen. And once people found out that we were in the area, oh my goodness, it just, right now we have about 40 people on the waiting list and I made my own waiting list. Isn't that something? That, <laughs> see, and that is something, right? Like, because you, you feel the need, right? And so okay. now- Tell us what, what is kind of next for your practice, right? We're still kind of in, you know, coming out of COVID, you know, in air quotes right now, but what is next for, for you and your practice? And then I want to talk about SLP Social. Sure. So what's next for my practice is, let me just explain to everybody how quick we grew, right? So I started and people are like, dang, I thought you had your private practice longer than that. But I started maybe about three years ago, I started to do part-time from when I would leave my full-time job, I would go straight to my clients on certain days, go to their houses and things like that. Um, last year, before COVID had started in February, I ended up quitting my job and saying, you know, I got to service these clients. There are more and more clients coming through. And so I really want to just step away and do this. And so once I stepped away, that's when the ball started rolling immediately. And then I stepped away during COVID. So it was super scary at the moment, but just like the Lord does, he provided for me. And so I didn't have any fears. It was just like, okay, I'm out here now. Like I'm out here. The practice has started. 
I have to make ends meet at this point. Um, And it wasn't necessarily that I had an issue with making ends meet. It was more so we're growing so fast. So now we have, oh my, we have, um, we have about six um, teletherapists. Um, We have two full-time in-house therapists, two full-time teletherapists. And we have two SLPAs on staff now. And so just last year, I just want to remind everybody that it was just me and maybe one or two other clinicians who were doing part-time, maybe like two or three clients after they got off of their elementary school jobs. And so it just grew rapidly, full staff from PR to administrative assistants. Um, office managers, billers, all of those great things. And we moved into a clinic last November. The next step for my company is really just to continue with teletherapy. A lot of people I'm finding that my clients don't like that I say teletherapy. They don't really want it. But being in such a rural area and having not enough access to speech pathologists, this is the only way that I can get my wait list down. I try to explain to people, we can be creative in teletherapy, just try it, you know? And so um, that is basically the next thing growing um, via teletherapy, because there are just not a lot of clinicians in my area. Um, I put out an ad um, for SLPs and nobody has applied, nobody. And that's for in the area to come into the clinic. I put out an ad for teletherapy and about 40 clinicians applied. And so that is my struggle right now, honestly. And it hurts my heart and it stresses me out. It gives me headaches. There are not enough clinicians in the DMV area. So in order for me to grow my company and to see all of the patients, I'm really focusing on teletherapeutic approaches. And then also we've just added ABA for, um, that's the behavior therapy for autism. And then also we were credentialed by ASHA as CE providers. And so we are starting to look into going into the elementary schools and well, any schools really to um, assist with continuing education for our SLP. So that's really the next step. Those three things. Oh my gosh. I love that. Listeners. She grew her practice to max capacity, bursting at the seams during a global pandemic, right? Everyone who's listening, who, who's thinking, oh, yeah, like she sounds like she could do it, but what? I don't know if I can, or like, you know, that kind of thing. Like, y'all, she did an amazing thing because it was a tremendous need, right? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, it doesn't matter where you live, there is a need for services in your area, right? So if it hurts your heart, just like it hurts Quintina's heart, it hurts my heart to have people who are going without services and to have SLPs, you know, stuck in jobs that they've grown out of, right? You don't want to be that, you know, in the, the big cubicle, you know, or, or the, yeah. sorry, the big person in the little cubicle, right? So it's like, you know, you're, you're safe to do this. You have, have permission to do this. So one of the other things I really, really want you to tell our listeners about is about the SLP social. Tell people what it is, uh, why it started, and how people can get involved. Oh, sure. So we did talk a little bit about just not having the resources uh, when I first started my company, not knowing. Nobody had, you know, said to me, well, don't do this, do that, or do this and don't do that. 
me and and it's such a great thing. Social media is just amazing to me, honestly. I love it because I meet people like you, wonderful people like you. And my business bestie is Ebony, who is the owner of Casa Speech Therapy. Yes. And so we just really played a lot off of each other, so much so that we've seen each other grow rapidly. She just got her second space. I got my space a few months, well, in November, but she tells me little things. She'll call, uh, she'll call me like, Quintina, what did you do about? And I'll call her, what did you do about this? And this, we would spend hours telling her, you need to fire that person. It's not, you know, just the real raw, get somebody who's understanding. I digress. Anyway, um, you were talking, I'm answering a question. See how I forget that quick. That's how fast That's I you're so enthusiastic, right? Like uh, the SLP social and why yeah, you started and so it. This is why. Yes, Jenna, thank you. <laughs> and so this is why I grew the SLP social as a support and a mentorship and networking because I felt like there was nobody who helped me with this. Like I said, if I knew about your program, Years and years ago, when I started my private practice, I needed help. I needed help. I needed to know about credentialing. I needed to know intake paperwork. I needed to know the difference between self-pay and insurance. I needed fee schedules. I needed, you know, I needed all of this stuff that I had to literally make up that learning period that we talked about. That's what I was doing. And so I realized that we really did not have that. And so I said, I wanted to make a community. That was the first thing, a networking opportunity, a mentorship partnership opportunity. And the next thing was because there are so many SLPs, but there are not enough um, support groups. And so the SLP social is really a social platform for speech pathologists and people who want to be speech pathologists, SLPAs, we do master classes every month. We do lives every month. You were a guest on our live last month, just talking to individuals about growing their businesses, finding what they want to do. We talked about specifically, even if you didn't want to do private practice, I'm that visionary. And I'm going to tell you, you can do this. You can do that. You can, I get so excited. Go to YouTube, go to this, go to that, you know, and do this and do that. Make flashcards, but draw on speech. I already always say that wrong. Um, write a book, do flashcards, go to Amazon, make some chewy toys. You can always be a CEO in your own right. And there's so many things in the SLP community that have gone untapped. And so let's talk about those things. Let's get you to a point where, you know, those things will help grow your company, help grow you, help grow your patients. We had so many dreams about um, a lot of people. Well, there were some things that I found out about my socialites on our interview, as far as I want to be a CEO, but I don't want to own a private practice. So I want to, I forget one girl said something about YouTube. She had Leah. She yeah. says something about nursery YouTube. rhymes. Yeah. Nursery rhymes. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's genius. Let's hop on it. You know, so just that support and mentoring, networking, that's really what the SLP social is about. Well, and I love it, y'all. So go check it out. Tell them that the URL or tell them where to sure. find more about SLP Social. Sure. So um, it's the SLP Social, T-H-E-S-L-P-S-O-C-I-A-L.com. Um, it's our own platform. Um, you can get in, May. I think it's like the first seven to 10 days free. We are in there bouncing ideas off of everybody. Somebody just asked today, 
it might have, I don't know, remember, it might have been Leah. She asked today about insurances. Like, hey guys, as a private practice owner, who do you get your insurance through? You know, personal questions like that. Or we do, last month of May was um, Better Speech and Hearing Month. So we celebrated our SLPs. Um, Starbucks cards, Panera cards. It's a fun, it's a fun time. We're planning to do like a table at ASHA um, so that we can um, bring some more people in. And then we can go out to maybe Ruth Chris to dinner, maybe have a nice little sleepover or something like that. Just being very social and supportive for one, one another. So you can find us on Instagram at the SLP social and also slpsocial.com, the slpsocial.com. And y'all should really go check this out because, you know, what Quintina is talking about too is just filling a gap in the SLP world, right? She, she filled a gap in her area for private practice and now she's filling a second gap, which is for SLPs to have a support network have networking, mentorship opportunities, and, you know, ways to get more information. And, you know, the thing, one of the things I love about Quintina is like, you've got the vision, right? And sometimes, you you know, you got a vision for yourself, but you also have a vision for other people and what other people can achieve. And you're also an amazing cheerleader for people, yeah. right? You, you, you know, you're, you know, it, half of it's cheering and half of it's like a really nice kick in the pants, but nonetheless, you're rooting. And that's that nurturer. That's right. Yeah, that's that nurturer. I tell my socialites, what have you always done? What made your heart happy? You know, people. I love people. I love women, helping women, talking to them, guiding them. Uh, we are like taking over. Women are taking over. Yes, <laughs> we are taking over. And another thing I wanted to mention on the SLP social is that we are CE providers. So on the SLP social, we also offer um, CE courses um, for free on the SLP social that go towards your license. So um, we're actually finding an LMS system um, so that we can begin to um, record clock hours, send them to ASHA and things like that. So we are um, CE certified and that's something else that we offer there too. I love it. I love it, love it, love it, right? Yeah. So like how cool that you, you know, had this vision that, well, maybe you you had this idea that you had more to offer, right? Back when you were sitting in that school and you're like, you know what, this is fine. I love it. They love me, but it's not, you know, I was called to do more, right? And so congratulations to you for figuring out how to do more and then how to do like even more <laughs> to just continue to increase the impact that you have on lots and lots of people. You're amazing. Yes. Thank you, Jenna. So are you. I can tell you guys this one thing that I, you know, don't get discouraged. That's one thing. And always start off somewhere. I always tell my socialites to see the end before you see the beginning, because the end is what you're working towards, right? When you're in the middle of the process and your purpose, during that process is where people start to fall off. Like you said, you know, during the slow intake, or when Blue Cross Blue Shield sends you checks, you think you're getting a thousand dollar check. They send you a check for fifty dollars. Don't <laughs> fall off. There's just something that you're doing wrong. You need the guidance to do it right. So yeah, thank you, Jenna. <laughs> of course, and thank you for sharing your story, right? And and sharing, you know how how this whole thing played out. And again, congratulations on all of your growth that you've had over the last year. And I can't wait to see where you're headed next. 
Yes. Thank you so much. I just hope that everybody who listens to this knows that if I can do it, you guys can do it. And most importantly, if I can do it successfully, you guys can do it. Also, Jenna, I want to just highlight, you know, know the the responsibility that you have. Know that, you know, if you are called to be a CEO, if you are called, you know, everybody, sometimes they want to be the chiefs. Everybody's not called to be a chief. Some people are called to be Indians just to help the chief get there. And I always tell the people that work for me, I'm like, I would be nothing without you. Like, I would be absolutely nothing without my admin. I tell her all the time. I, it's this running joke. I'm always like, Miss Sharon. And I said, Miss Sharon, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one day without saying that. And that has never happened because I need her. So just know your role, know what it is that you were put here to do. And if being a private practice owner was something that you were put here to do, start. Sign up for Jenna's program. Get into the SLP social for support. Don't waste any more time because it is going to grow fast. Words of wisdom. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're You're welcome. Don't you just love Quintina? I love how she talked about being so nurturing and really wanting SLPs to be more and to do more for the people they serve and for themselves too. Quintina is a multi-passionate woman. She serves her clients and she also serves SLPs through the SLP social. And I completely agree with what she said about being made for more and being able to do much more than she could if she had stayed in her school job. So if you're listening to this and thinking, you know what, Quintina is right. There's only so much I can do in my current setting. No matter whether you're a school SLP or hospital or EI SLP, and you're ready to explore the option of private practice, I want you to sign up for my brand new free training where I go through the ins and outs of private practice. Starting a private practice can be overwhelming. And it's so much easier if you know the right steps to follow. So head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar and sign up for our free training. I promise that you will learn more about private practice in 60 minutes than you ever learned in graduate school. So if you've been curious about private practice for a while and you've been inspired by our guests that I've had on the show, including Quintina, you owe it to yourself, your family, and your future clients to learn more and finally decide if private practice is right for you. So again, that link is startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar. I hope to see you there. All right, friend, have a good week. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. (laughs) And I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. 
While this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.